Grace and peace to you all, and welcome to the Calvary Road with Pastor Sam Allen. Nobody gets married and then shakes hands and say, hey, it was awesome. We'll see you sometime. See you around. No, you, you go and you celebrate on your honeymoon and you begin to build a life together. If you gave your life to the Lord and there was no honeymoon and, and there was no, there's no fruit from the relationship, there's no confidence that you're absolutely secure in Him, maybe you're not. today's broadcast, we have part two of Pastor Sam's message, Anointed, Worshipped, and Affirmed. We take up today in John chapter 12, verse 25, continuing on into Passover week, leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. As John records the words of Christ regarding his death on the cross, the voice of God from heaven, and the fulfillment of a prophecy from Isaiah. Let's listen in. Well, in any case, he says in verse 25, continuing, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. It's a kind of a, a, an odd statement because it's easy to misunderstand. He says, hates his life. We're not supposed to hate our life. We're supposed to love the life he's given us and be faithful and fruitful in it. If you're a student, he's not telling you hate school. You may or you may not. If you're a worker, he's not telling you hate work. You're to do all things as unto him, the best worker on the job, the best student in the school, the best you can be for him. But what he's doing is he's contrasting the love we have for him with the love we have for the things of the world. And I'll read you something that makes that oh so clear in a moment. He's just saying, if, if you love this life, you're going to lose the life he intends. Because this life, it's darkness, it's death, it's despair, it's depression. But the life he intends, light and truth and hope and joy in the Lord. You can't have both. You can't be in the darkness and in the light. You can't walk in deception and in truth. You can't be dead and alive at the same time. So he who loves this life will lose it. But he who hates this life in comparison with the life that lies ahead, that he's called us to, that begins even now, his life in this world will keep it unto, and here's where he's going, eternal life. If anyone serves him, let him follow me. And where I am there, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will honor it's a decision we all have to make. But remember, he said, if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and then follow me. John will write in his first letter, this is his gospel, and there's first, second, and third John. In that first letter in 1 John 2.15, he says, do not love the world. And it's literally stop loving the world because that's our natural affection is for the natural around us. He says, stop loving the world and the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's also been translated, stop giving your heart to the world because the love of the Father is not in the one who gives their heart to the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world, this world, is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God 
abides forever. There are many today who say they've given their lives to the Lord. I meet them all the time, but they continue to live as if they hadn't. And if that would describe you today, I encourage you, turn from your sin, repent of it, ask forgiveness for it. If you at some point prayed and said, Jesus, I give you my life. I know you're the Savior. Save me. I know your Lord. Be my Lord. But then you've lived as if you never made that decision. Maybe you didn't make the decision. Maybe you just said it. Because listen, walking with Jesus, being in Jesus, it's like getting married. Only better because you're marrying the perfect one, right? We're called the bride of Christ. And, and this is so important that we grasp it today. Nobody gets married and then shakes hands and say, hey, it was awesome. We'll see you sometime. See you around. No, you, you go and you celebrate on your honeymoon and you begin to build a life together. If you gave your life to the Lord and there was no honeymoon and, and there was no, there's no fruit from the relationship, there's no confidence that you're absolutely secure in him, maybe you're not. And I'm not saying who is and who isn't. I'm just saying the scripture exhorts us to make our calling and election sure. Be sure you're in the faith. Don't fool yourself. Listen, you can fool us. If you act like a Christian and talk like a Christian and, and well, how are we going to know? But, but God knows. And in your heart of hearts, you must know. Don't be deceived. Make sure you focus on on the things that are eternal and don't live for the things that are certain to perish. Well, he continues and we will as well. We've seen him anointed and worshiped and now affirmed. He says in verse 27, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I've both glorified it and will glorify it again. This isn't the first time people have heard the father speak. At his baptism, the father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And now this is my beloved son again in whom I'm well pleased. I'll glorify it. And I've, I, I've glorified it and I'll glorify it again. Well, the people who stood by and heard it said that it, is, it thundered. I like that. His voice is like that. It's like thunder. I only have one voice and Pam's not fond of it. She says, listen, you're not preaching now. I go, I was never preaching. I'm just teaching with a view toward persuasion. But she's like, we're sitting at the table together. You can, hey, Quiet down a little. I try. I don't know how to talk without using my diaphragm. But nevertheless, when God thunders, you better not be saying, hey, quiet down up there. And, uh, and when he talks, it's like thunder. I like that idea because I've heard some pretty radical thunder. When Paul is converted on the Damascus Road, it's the same thing. They hear it, but it sounds like thunder. And, and some are saying, well, this, or some are saying that. What did they say here? Some said an angel spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. 
Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. Listen, I shared it weeks ago and I'll share it again. The cross was a victory for Jesus. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, a, a victim on the cross. He was a victor. He vanquished Satan's power. He robbed Satan of those people who were subject to him and, and deceived by him, listening to the lies and believing them. He made possible the salvation of every person on planet earth. Will they all be saved? No. Why? Because men love darkness and refuse to come to the light. They refuse to listen to the truth, but he reaches out to everyone and he died in the hope that all would repent, full knowing that not all would. He says, now the rule, the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. When he says lifted up from the earth, we know He's talking about the cross, lifted up on the cross where he bled and died for your sins and for mine. So he says, while Jesus says a, a little while longer, when they're like, who's this son of man? He says, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Listen, he is the light of the world and he tells us, those of us in Christ Jesus, sealed with his spirit, walking after him, listening to and loving on him, that we are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we're to let our light so shine before men that they'll see our good works, but glorify our Father who is in heaven. We become what he created us to be in the first place, light and life and love to one another and to the world around us. Well, our fifth and final contrast in our study today is between those who believe and those who refuse to believe. So it's a fitting conclusion to the things we're considering. And listen, John's gospel has been called and is called by many the gospel of belief. Why? Because he wrote that we might believe Jesus is the Christ and that believing we might have life in his name. It's the key word in John's gospel and it's the key word in John 12. He uses it 10 times here in John 12, 60 times in his gospel, five times in 1 John, 178 times believe is in the Bible, 30 in the Old Testament, 148 in the New. But we read, verse 37, pressing on, although he'd done so many signs, far more than the seven he chose to reveal that we might be convinced of who he is and what that means. Though he did so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? 
To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. Because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Lest anyone newer to all of this leave thinking people can't be saved because God intentionally blinds them and deafens them and, and hardens their heart. No, he does that in response to them stopping up their ears and shutting their eyes and hardening their own hearts. How do we know? We know because that's what he did with Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may worship me. I don't know the Lord. Who's the Lord that I should obey him? Pharaoh said. And God said, well, get to know me. And he did. But the bottom line is he was exalted in Pharaoh, whether Pharaoh obeyed or didn't. God still gets the glory, you see. And this is so important. Matthew 13, 15 clears up any possible misunderstanding. The hearts of this people has grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. To turn is to repent. And it's not his will any perish, but all come to repentance. But it's a stark and important warning to us. Those who continue to stop up their ears, who refuse to see the truth, who harden their hearts against the word of God and the son of God and the plan of God, the grace of God. Those who think everything's going to be all right will find it isn't in the end. So I would say, knowing it's not as will any perish, but all come to repentance. If you haven't yet repented of your sin, and like I said, maybe you've never prayed a prayer, ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did, but nothing changed. Repentance is required for salvation. Maybe the problem was and is you never turned from your sin in order to trust in him. Well, we'll give you that opportunity when we come to the end of all of this. Well, Isaiah said when he saw his glory, verse 41, and spoke of him. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. By the way, many in the Old Testament saw the glory of God. Isaiah saw it and records it in Isaiah 6, 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim with six wings, two covering his face, two covering his feet, with two he flew. One crying to another said, Holy, 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 Lord God, almighty Lord of hosts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Nevertheless, we read here, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Listen, many were believing in Jesus, but it was decided early on, anyone who confessed him out of the synagogue, we can't begin to imagine what that would be like. Even those of us who grew up without social media, 
who grew up with black and white TVs with three channels that you had to get out of your seat to change and move the rabbit ears to get the signal. Even those of us who live without cell phones and all of that, we still lived in a community and in America especially where there's so much freedom to be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do, good or evil. And so this is why this is oh so important. They lived in a culture that, that was, was, well, it was based on relationships and community, not one where you text people and, and they follow you and all that. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's not real community because real community requires communication that's not just digital. It's face to face. It's, it's eye to eye. It's heart to heart. And so, so for them to be put out of the synagogue, it was unthinkable. That was the center of their society spiritually, um, in, in, in um, governmentally, in every possible way. To not fellowship there meant you didn't have any fellowship except with other people who were cast out. But listen, this, this for us is just so important today because we live in a day where, where in spite of major strides to try to, to, to open the world back up to Christianity, we are being silenced. And picketing won't settle the problem and yelling at people won't settle the problem and yelling at Satan won't settle the problem. You can only come overcome evil with good. You can over, only overcome hatred with love. And in the midst of that, fear of man is a snare. And so if you're in school and you're afraid to tell people who are saying things you know are absolutely wrong, you know what? That's just absolutely not right. And I know you're going to judge me and you're going to call me names and you're going to say I'm evil and I'm all these things, but I care about you. And I want you to know that what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're living, it's an affront to God who made you and loves you and wants to give you the life he intended for you. It's not just at school, though I know it has to be such extreme pressure there, but at work and public, wherever it is. This is why face-to-face -face and heart-to-heart -heart communication is so important. Because it doesn't matter what you text or what you email, it's going to be misunderstood and people are going to pull it out of context. But when you're looking in someone's eyes and you're telling them the truth, and they're like, you're just hating on me. Like, this looks like hate to you. Man, I see hate all around, but this ain't it. You can tell them you love them and you tell them the truth. You speak the truth in love. Not worrying about, well, will that damage my relationship with them? If they don't repent, it will for sure. But they'll at least know you're one person that told them the truth. And I remember one of the first people who ever shared Jesus with me, he did it in a letter. He wasn't the boldest guy and there was no social media. He had to write a letter and he didn't mail it, though, because he was cheap like me. He brought it to the house and put it in our mailbox. But it told me that the way I was living was an affront to God. And that, that I, he knew me to be a good guy and an honorable guy, but I had to deal with these issues. And, you know, I wasn't really happy to read that stuff. It's not like I said, hey, bro, thanks so much. Love the letter. 
But when I gave my life to the Lord, I remembered he was the first to tell me the truth. And I love that guy to this day. So anyway, fear of man, a snare. If you're more worried about what people think of you than what God thinks of you, you, you got to correct that today. Fear of God, beginning of wisdom. Fear of God, beginning of knowledge. So it's decision time for all who've yet to decide. Jesus cried out, verse 44, He who believes in me believes not in me, and he means not only in me, but in him who sent me. And then he says, and he who sees me has seen him who sent me. He who's seen me, he'll say, has seen the Father. This is why they crucify him, why they handed him over, why they reject him. He claimed to be one with the Father of the same essence, of the same nature, to be God, the Son, and the Son of God. I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And you right now are either walking in his glorious light or you're walking in darkness. And you should recognize that there's a joy around you and a peace around you that's unfamiliar to you. If you're not in Christ, you can change that today. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I, didn't, I do not judge him. I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Listen, he said earlier, he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he's not judging you. He's not condemning you. And I'm not judging you and I'm not condemning you because I'm standing here for him. And I'm telling you that his mission is your salvation, that he died so you could live, not just a better life now, though it will be that, but eternal life, his gift to all who believe. If anyone hears my words and doesn't believe, I don't judge, I don't condemn, that's not what he came to do, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words, that which judges him, the word that I've spoken will judge him on the last day. For I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know his command is everlasting life. He sent his son to die so we could live, to die for our sins so we could be free from sin's penalty, sin's power, and someday in his presence, from sin's presence. Therefore, what I speak, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. First John 5, 12, he who has the Son has everlasting life. He who is not the Son of God does not have life. So let me ask, do you have the Son of God? Not just believe and affirm he's the Savior. Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Because if not, you're rooted on earth, your treasure is here, and you'll leave everything you love behind, and you'll never stand before him and here, enter into the joy of the Lord. Pastor Sam quoted 2 Peter 1.10 when he said that we need to make sure that our call and election are sure. Now, if you don't belong to Christ, it's a very serious issue and needs to be dealt with now. 
However, if you have salvation yet still have concerns that you don't, listen carefully to the following verses out of 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 18, where it says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by doing so, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart still condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. You see, this asks the question, what if I've been walking in love, yet my heart still condemns me before God? John assures us that God is greater than our heart and so reminds us that we cannot base our relationship with him purely on how we feel in his presence. Condemnation can well up inside of us and it has nothing to do with our standing before him. It might be the work of the enemy of our souls who is the accuser of the brethren or the work of an overactive conscience. At those times, we must trust in what God's Word says about our standing, not how we feel about it. The Calvary Road is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Chico, and you can visit our website, ccchico.com, or download the CC Chico app to contact us and listen to other studies from Pastor Sam. You can also listen to The Calvary Road as a daily podcast by visiting thecalvaryroad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, may you find grace and peace as your journey takes you down the Calvary Road. And your grace.